October 17th, Rwanda. Woke up early and walked two hours through the mud to Diane Fossey's Gorilla Research Center. It is located between two volcanoes and very peaceful and beautiful. You can see why she set it up there. It is eerie though because it is deserted and all the buildings have been destroyed. This happened in 94. She was also murdered there in 85 and you see right where her house was, where it happened. She is also buried there with the gorillas. We are escorted with armed army guys because of the Hutu fighters, as we were with the gorillas. I get the feeling not many people go here. We got drenched on the way down. The mist flies in, very pretty, and lots of jungle. There is a stingy plant, and I got stung a few times, but there's also a plant with the antidote, which we use, and it works. Lazy day for the rest of it. Lots of laying around the next few days. Oh, Diane Fossey actually kicked people out of what is now the park and is responsible for saving the gorillas. So that hike up to Diane Fossey's uh, camp was was a trip because there was no one else there. Uh, it was like a ghost town. And if you've ever seen the movie Gorillas in the Midst, in the Mist or Midst or whatever, <laughs> in the Mist, I guess, um, or if you've ever seen documentaries, uh, it was really quite uh, remarkable to actually go there and be there. And uh, it, you did see the mist. It was, you know, we walked up into uh, the jungle um, on a side of a, a volcano. And there's actually, you're kind of in the saddle of two big volcanoes. And it's just very jungly and green and misty and rainy. And you get up to her little, uh, where she had built some homes. They were like... Well, I don't know, four or five homes and the foundations were still there and you could see where her uh, house had been and where she was murdered. One of her uh, colleagues murdered her. I think it was one of the Rwandans. Um, so obviously very sad. And, you know, I don't know much, honestly, about Diane Fossey and her contribution to the mountain gorillas, but I think it was quite uh, extensive and extraordinary. And... Um, you know, I think she looked at these gorillas as family almost, and there was a cemetery there with headstones. I think they were made out of wood, but they were named, and, and you could see Diane Fossey's grave, and she's right there. I uh, remember there was one named Digit, if I'm not mistaken, and others. There were maybe, I don't know, 10 uh, gorillas buried in the cemetery with Diane Fossey. Kind of, kind of weird when you think about it. Um, so just a pretty unusual place to go. And, um, anyway, yep, that was, uh, that was quite a day and, uh, we'll pick it back up. So the next, the next day, what we had on the agenda was to drive north over the border to Uganda and go to a different site to see a different set of mountain gorillas. So we were really, um, where we were going to do it right and see, uh, as many mountain gorillas as we could.
October 18th, 2003. Car broke down, so didn't leave Rwanda until 3 o'clock. Crossed the Uganda border and got to our new home, Mahinga Rest Camp. On the way, drove through typical agriculture area and streets. The kids come running to the car. You see them at this, to the side of the road when you approach, running uh, barefoot and just to come up and yell to you and wave. Some beg, but most wave. Some yell, hello, um, hello, uh, some, some yell, hello, uh, some, how are you, how are you? so that it all runs together. Some say, give me money, give me money, but not many. <laughs> Most are very cute, but very poor. It is all subsistence farming. The adults uh, just stare blankly, although the women smile more. Same thing in um, Uganda on the way to our camp. Horribly bumpy roads. You feel like the queen. You wave so much, or a beetle. October 19th. Trekking was great today. It was better than Rwanda. We got to hike about two hours to find them, and that made it more exciting. We went through a huge bamboo forest, and we came across them in the forest. It seemed in their forest. It seemed more like we found them in their home. The thing that was really great is they play fought for the whole hour. They even had a little wrestling pad or ring. It started with a baby and his brother. Then a big mom worked over the little baby, then the older brother, then one her size. They would pound their chests, show their teeth, swipe at one another, bear hug, and do this spin move all the time. It was absolutely hilarious and amazing. While this was going on, the baby and another one fought. The baby would also spin with this vine constantly and pound his fists on the ground. At the end, two little guys chased one another around some bamboo endlessly and catch and fight. They had two silverbacks, 12 in all, and one was huge. His shoulders were about four to five feet across and a huge head and, a gig and gigantic hands. They were all big. Uh, they all had big, huge bellies. He just turned his back to us and couldn't be bothered. This made the whole Rwanda-Uganda trip worthwhile. Good people watching in the afternoon as well. We drove down to the lake and it takes about an hour and a half. Lots uh, of moms were walking with little babies on their backs. They tie them tight across their backs with their cloaks. The, their cloaks are all um, brightly colored with great patterns. They have nice scarves on their heads also. It seems so out of place because everything is just mud. How do they keep them clean? Many also carry stuff on their heads. I saw one mom with a baby on her back and about 100 pounds of potatoes on her head. It was measles vaccination day, so that's why there were so many. October 20th. Actually, let me stop here. So even though Jeff had seen the mountain gorillas in Rwanda, um, this was this was a little cooler. I mean, seeing them for the first time is something you never forget. Um, but this was um, a little more exciting because we had to earn it. We we walked through the up the side of a volcano through the jungle, um, and it took a while. It took a, a couple hours 
So when you when you came up, up, upon them, um, I was a little more mystical or mysterious or magical, um, and it was sort of on the you know we had. I think gone like up and over the other side of not a mountain, but kind of a, a a saddle. So, you know, you felt like you were far from where you had started and it was, it was a, a bamboo forest, uh, more so than the one we had been in the day, the couple days before. Um, there's just nothing but bamboo trees, which, which is just a neat sight. You know, I, it, I guess something that I figured you'd see in China with panda bears or something, but, um, and so uh, when we came across these gorillas, they were um, within this bamboo forest, and it was a little more difficult to see. You know, you just see these dark shapes, um, and then our guide would chop down um, bamboo and let us get closer, like a foot or so at a time. And so eventually we got to within, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 feet of them, and they were almost surrounding us, kind of, we had kind of pushed in to kind of, you know, we were kind of like a little peninsula, if you will. And um, they had this in in front of us, they had like this little circular area that was like really padded with moss and everything. And there was a, a couple little guys in there and they were play fighting, like, and then, you know, and they would, they would spin around and, and like swipe at each other and. It was just so cool to see. And then the mom got in there and she – it was like she was training them to be the future silverbacks because she would – you know, she would kind of like swat them and the little guy would try to do a little spin move away from her and using the other arm, she'd swat him before he could get all the way around. <laughs> you know, just like – you know, not not like hurting him but, you know, it would definitely knock him on the ground. And then he'd get back up and they kept – the little guys kept trying these spin moves, which never really worked. But for some reason, they, they that's in their um, uh, instincts to do that. And um, then two of the moms actually got into it. And that was pretty wild because they're pretty big. And they would pound their chests and they would show their teeth at each other. And I mean it was, it was clear to me that they were putting on a show. Um, and while all this is going on, there was this big, huge silverback. There were two of them. Um, uh, it's kind of separate ends if I remember, but one was sort of away beyond where this play fighting was happening and just looking away from us, his back was to us and he just could not be bothered. But I do remember just how massive he was. It was impressive. Just, you could see his back and his head and his hands every now and then and his shoulders and it just the dude was huge and to to be in the presence of something that you know could just probably snap your neck you know without even thinking about it and there's nothing stopping him from doing it it's 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 kind of a thrill just in that way <laughs> not that you were afraid of that but um yeah it was pretty pretty cool being in their presence and um so anyway, you spent about an hour with them, um, and there were maybe like, I don't know, 10 of us total, and, and Jeff and I had you know good views, and we got really good pictures and videos, and which you can see on my website, outsideescapes.com. But um, uh, so then we, then we got back down and um, spent a couple more days or a day or so in that area, and they have these big lakes there, and we would um, 
we would go to the lake and I remember one time we just drove down there you go we we drive up above um there was some new lodge they were doing and it was right on the lake you got a great view of the lakes and um I've heard it described by like Churchill or I don't know who had been there and described it as like the Switzerland of the of the um of Uganda. And I want to describe it like Switzerland. <laughs> I mean, you do have these volcanoes and you have these lakes, but everything's jungle and green. And I remember we 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 also went down to the lake. Frederick drove us to this other little lodge. And you know, these are just kind of huts. And this woman took care of it and he knew her. And uh she was talking about some big boa constrictor that was, you know, by the water's edge earlier that day and I mean, that was kind of freaky, but, uh, yeah, anyway, and then we, um, you know, and, and something that was pretty interesting was driving to these places because the little kids would run up from wherever they were, you know, you couldn't see them. And then they'd, they'd come out of the side of the, of these little trails and they'd just run up at you and they'd, you know, go, hello, hello, give me money, give me money or hello, hi. You know? And, uh, you know, tens of them, 20 of them, and they just yell at you and, um, that happened uh, like all the way to, um, to Uganda and past, you know, even over the border and, um, and the, and the adults, they would kind of just stare like blankly at you. It was, it was kind of weird, but, um, anyway, so that was Rwanda and Uganda. And actually we, the next day we drove back to, uh, Kigali. October 20th, off to Kigali today, writing in the journal on the porch, beautiful gardens here at the camp, and great view of the volcanoes and valley and lake below, lots of birds. October 20th through the 21st, on the 20th, got up late and drove back to Kigali, had a few too many beers and ended up uh, talking to three of the prostitutes in the bar. They were cute and had been there the last night we were there. We held firm and went to bed without them. Next day, Frederick drove us around to the city. We saw the market, uh, very uh, bustling, all kinds of stuff. Not somewhere you'd want to walk around because a white person would be such a target for the salesman. Um, drove us to a hill to get a view of the city, which was used by the Hutu forces to shell the Tutsi forces on an opposing hill during the war. Not a lot of square kilometers for a city of 800,000. Also took us to the almost completed genocide memorial. It is still closed to the public while they enhance the access road, uh, build some more exhibits, and build the library and wait for the dollars to do all of this. It was very moving. Over 1 million Tutsis were killed in 100 days. And they have buried over 250,000 in big graves at the memorial. It is a very pretty sight overlooking the city. Made to remember and to teach. They also have about 10 rooms inside which have skulls, bones, and the clothes in which people were buried in the mass graves. You could see how they were killed by the skulls. Many had been killed by hammers and machetes. A nice woman um gave us some history um she was the, the the docent um she had escaped but lost four of her brothers and sisters one grave is still open 
and we could see the coffins stacked on top of one another inside. They are still uncovering mass graves, and many people send their deceased relatives to this site. Sat by the pool in the evening and had a few beers with Uva, an East German, who we had met at the lodge in Uganda. Jeff and I got into a fight over Microsoft and whether or not it is bad that they use their monopoly to crush Netscape. It was embarrassing because I get loud, I got loud, sweared too much, and got too excited. I tend to do that, but he was at times trying to piss me off. All the more reason to stay calm. Live and learn. I was right, of course. Competition is a good thing, and I used a ton of logic but didn't persuade him. Must learn to just let things go after a certain point. In flight to Joburg now, extremely bumpy, but I am conquering my fear of flight today. It's just fear. It's not worth it. (laughs) So a lot to cover there. Um, you know, we we uh, uh, drove back to um, Kigali, and um, you know, on one of those days, we went to the um, the genocide museum, um, which was very moving um, because they they had these mass graves. They were well. How should I say it? They they had big open graves and they were putting coffins in the graves, many, many of them stacked on top of one another because uh, people were still uncovering bodies from mass graves in the countryside. And um, the family members were sending uh, their deceased to this memorial grave site. And, um, you know, they had exhibits in this um, memorial and they had, um, you know, skeletons, and they had uh, skulls, um, and, and and I mean, it's just uh, when you see a skull with a hole in it, and you know that hole is caused from a hammer, that someone was killing someone with a hammer. I, I don't. That's um, not what. Not sure what to say about that. Or you see a slit, like a four-inch, you know narrow rectangular slit in the brain in the skull that's a machete you know someone just chopped someone over the head with a machete it's uh it's it is mind-blowing um but that's what they did to one another you know and i think it's important to, to say it's not just them that do these things you know i think sometimes we think well those are we dehumanize you know we think oh well those are people in africa they're not like us you know, I think we have to remember we did similar things to one another in World War II and other wars. It's just we had much more sophisticated ways to do it. It's I wouldn't say it's any more humane. <laughs> That's sort of a silly, silly way to think about things. But it is very, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, savage, uh, the, the way they, they killed one another. Uh, as I just contradict myself. But uh, anyway... Um, so that was that was you know very very uh, interesting uh, to say the least. Um, so we'll have to stop there for a second.
So to continue, let's see, where were we? Um, so just a couple other thoughts from um, Rwanda and Uganda. This may seem kind of insignificant, but but uh, this the fact that Jeff and I got in an argument was actually one of these things um, when you travel around like this, you learn a lot about uh, the world, but you learn a lot about yourself. And this is this might seem silly, this little argument, but it actually taught me a lot about myself. Um, I see things very clearly in my mind, <laughs> and I guess you could say I'm pretty I have strong opinions. Um, and so we got in this fight about um, uh, Microsoft and how they had crushed Netscape. And to me, it was crystal clear that Microsoft had used its uh, its monopoly, which it had one, in the um, desktop PC um, operating space uh, area. And uh, they used that to put my, uh, Netscape out of business. Um, and Netscape was a, a startup, very successful one, growing, you know, could have probably been competitive with Microsoft eventually. Um, and it was, it, was, it was put out of business. Um, and, and the way they did it, by the way, was um, when every uh, PC maker, uh, Dell, whomever, uh, would ship a PC, well, they needed an operating system. And that's where the mo- monopoly came in. There, there, there was no other competition for Microsoft. Every PC, if you sold a PC, you needed to ship um, the mic- Microsoft Windows. There was, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And what Microsoft did is they said, well, you know, we will not sell you our operating system unless if you ship Netscape with it, we won't, we won't sell you our operating system. Uh, to, so to me, that's an obvious uh, violation of, 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 of a monopoly and, and using it to, um, for unfair practices. Anyway, okay, we can argue at that, I guess, till the cows come home. That was my position. But Jeff's position was, you know, there's free competition. And if why didn't someone come up, someone, no one was, there was nothing stopping anyone from coming up with a better operating system. (laughs) Anyway, but I guess it's just, I point this out. It's just one of these weird little things you learn about yourself. And I realized that I could get too passionate and 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 not see someone else's side of the story, and uh, not I I thought that I could persuade people of anything, and I guess that's the lesson. Anyway, that's kind of a dry topic, but um, for posterity and for my own benefit, I just wanted to record that. But the other thing that I thought was interesting were, were the the prostitutes. Um, so when we had been in this hotel uh, before we left uh, for Uganda. There we we did I think interact with these prostitutes uh, or look at them or what have you, but um, when we were there on a return trip uh, after I guess probably after Jeff and I had argued, we must have had a few beers and um, they were sitting in the bar and we were like out by the pool and and we were we were uh, exchanging glances you know we were they were looking at us we were looking at them eyeing one another. And um, I told Jeff, I said, uh, why don't we should buy them a beer? And Jeff, um, he couldn't believe it. He's like, buy the prostitutes a beer? Like the same look he had 
when we were in the Maasai's hut made out of shit and he was talking about their house is made of shit. It was the same exact look he was giving me. You want to buy the prostitutes a beer? Like he, he just couldn't imagine why. But uh, I said, yeah, why not? You know, let's go over there. So anyway, we went up, we went over there and said hello and sat down with them and bought them beers and had a couple beers. And um, that was fun. What can I say? <laughs> and of course, they were very persuasive. And I remember one was like, you know, touching my arm and like uh, looking at my blonde hair and, you know, just say, you know, just complimenting me and, you know, and, um, she was very attractive and young and pretty. And, and there was one that really liked Jeff. And, um, as a, uh, she, she was very good at objection handling. So I'm in sales and one of the keys you learn in sales as a young salesperson is this concept of objections and objection handling. And it's like sales 101 and someone says something, you handle the objection and move, move it forward. And, um, so I was, I witnessed one of the best objection handling, uh, situations I've ever seen in my life. Um, Jeff and I were saying, well, we, you know, she was telling Jeff, why don't you want to make love to me? Why don't you, um, want to go upstairs? And Jeff said, well, uh, well, Craig and I are, we're sharing the room together. We're in the same room, so we can't do that. And she, without skipping a beat, she says, I make love to both of you. And I, as a professional, one professional to the next, I, I had to really like give her props for that. But, uh, anyway, we, we, uh, we stayed strong and we, we went into our room together and watched, uh, Champions League soccer, I remember. And, and anyway, that was the end of that night, but it was an interesting night. And that was the end of our Rwanda, Uganda experience. The mountain gorillas were really amazing. Uh, as was um, Rwanda and Uganda. Um, And we were off to our third safari.